fall asleep like this. Oh, that's pretty fun. Betty? <laughs> Betty. You can hear me, right? Yeah, I sure can. Fell asleep. Can you hear me? Yeah. Well, all right. Can you see my glasses? Yeah, I love those glasses. Yeah, I got them for the movie. I have mine too. Yay. And I have some almonds. Those are your snacks. Yeah. Look what I have. Oh, oh wow. What's that jalapeno? Oh, wow. That's my favorite flavor, too. Yeah, I've got some almonds and some celery sticks. You have a celery and almonds? Yeah. Those I have, are. Like chips my and chocolate. <laughs> yeah, I bet. You know what I do is I, I take my almonds and I roast them. Oh, that sounds good. And then I put different seasonings on them. I do an Asian flavor sometimes, like some teriyaki almonds. And that then really good. today I did garlic habanero almonds. Oh, yummy. That it actually good. turned out wonderful. And then great. for the celery sticks, I have a homemade vegan ranch dip. So I, I actually made, I made a version of ranch with apple cider vinegar and stuff like that. We should explain. Welcome to Slashes and Suits. Welcome to Slashes and Suits. <laughs> uh, we uh, have our 3D glasses today and some snacks. Yes, we do. Yep. For yep. a very special non-3D <laughs> viewing of Friday the 13th part three. Friday the 13th part three, continuing in our saga here. So uh, I've got my 3D glasses here. The original film, of course, was in 3D. So we, we're kind of in spirit today, just like we had our sweaters on last time, part two. Exactly. So hopefully you got caught up with part two in episode two. And you know why exactly we had our sweaters for Pamela and Jenny. Pamela. And here we go with part three. Okay, so... On play, I'll say three, two, one. Press play on play. Sounds good. Okay, three, two, one, play. Nice. I'm excited. Okay, so. So, remembering our ratings, you gave Friday the 13th Part 2 a 9.5 or a 9? I gave it a solid 9. Solid 9. Um, I took a I took a little away because of the censorship. Right. And um why else did I can't remember why else I took some away. Not my favorite Jason. Definitely. He's a little clunky. Um but my absolute favorite FTT final girl, Ginny. Um, who we can see right here in this flash or the flashback scene, the scene from FTT2 to catch us up on the storyline. You have to love how they do that. I really do. So, yeah, it was a solid nine for me um, because it was so just smooth and easy to watch. It was it's like a breezy movie for me. And it's never a bad choice. No, you can always pick two of anything. Yeah. If you're ever wondering, just if you're stuck on what to watch, pick part two and it'll be great. Definitely pick part two. And I love this okay. music right here. I know, and I'm right back into the vibe. These flashbacks just really bring me back. That's a great way to do it, actually. Um, 
you start to remember everything you loved about the last one and just kind of you settle in to the atmosphere. And if anyone needs a reminder, this is why we had our sweaters on last time because of this heroic act by Ginny where she puts on Pamela's old sweater and tries to make Jason think like she's now his mother. That's the thing. We have a lot of fun here at the pod. So if we notice something that's happening in a movie, then then we're going to sort of make it a part of our viewing experience. Oh, for sure. And so that's why I have my 3D glasses on my head. Yeah, we're actually wearing 3D glasses right now. And uh, we love it. Oh, my goodness. Okay, see, you know what? I think the overalls... It kept it from being a 9.5. Okay. Okay. Just because they're so sloppy. (laughs) They're so sloppy for me. They are really sloppy. I'll give you that. Because in part three, that's my favorite kind of Jason getup, which we'll see in a minute. He looks great here. Yeah, it's it's perfect. I wish he would have had that look throughout the entire series. I know. But he was always either something was too ridiculous or his head was 50 feet wide or whatever. (laughs) And the mask. The mask is just perfect. You know how much I love the mask, which we'll get to. We'll probably see it for the first time in about 45 minutes. Awesome. I'm really excited about that. Uh, I love this. Here in the flashback. Jason doesn't have his iconic mask. He has a burlap sack yep. over his two Still eye holes. Set out. Okay, so and kind of looks like that's the thing. I think that's why. Okay, okay, I got you. I have an issue with it. I don't have an issue. I mean, I love it, obviously. Um, yeah, but just it. not my favorite favorite. Well, the, it's got its flaws. But I also think, I also like to think that they're the stolen overalls from Alice in the beginning. <laughs> oh, wow. I was having a lot of fun with that. The beginning of FT22. Yeah, the green ones. Yes. He dyed them blue. Exactly. <laughs> and had them tailored. Yes. By the woodsman. So, okay, here's my, here's my theory. Um, we're still in this flashback to part two when Ginny kills Jason. Yeah. And then my whole, um, alternate timeline is that she escapes, but everything else is a dream. Like, Paul's not actually there and Muffin's not there either. I was really digging that theory. Because I I do think something's going on with it because the dog in the woods that Jason did kill is identical to Muffin. Yeah, that really threw me off. It seemed like an incredible inconsistency. Um, But then again, we're talking about Friday the 13th. But that's kind of why I think it's it's maybe a dream sequence. Um, I like the dream theory. We've had dream theories for um, for the first two Friday the 13th movies now. Yeah, which it's fun. And I think because they don't give us an answer, we don't know what happened to her or, or Paul. Oh, here's something new, though. Mm. This was not an FDT2. So it's showing us that Jason was alive and that he dropped his machete and crawls away. 
so he's hurt, but he's not dead. And then close up on Pamela's head. And boom, here come the credits. Nice. And what are these credits? Oh my, they're just. <laughs> Look at this. All of a sudden, Friday the 13th has a disco sub theme. There, it's so fun. It's worth noting this is 1982. It's so much fun. But I even though we can't see it in 3D, I do love the red. Um, it's like coming at the camera. It's still really different and cool, even though you can't see effects on it. Oh, it's great. It, it's just got some really fun visuals as a whole. Wait, I'm going to put my 3D glasses on and see if I can see anything. Yeah, me too. Well, it's kind of cool. <laughs> if nothing else, it's fun. <laughs> no, this looks great. It actually does look pretty cool. It's perfect. I mean, I know it's not 3D, but I'm actually gonna I'm gonna keep these on for a little bit and see, it's see what enhanced. happens. It is. It does. It does enhance them. And we have. Do you have the classic ones? I got oh, the, yeah. pa the paper with the blue and red eyes. Paper frame, yep. red and blue eyes. Yep. Oh my goodness. You know what's hilarious is that I thought I bought one pair. Turns out I bought like a packet and 50 came in my mailbox. You got 50 pairs of 3D glasses? By accident. Oh, that's great. You can hand them out. I know. So now I just have a bunch of these. Um, six bucks, by the way. I mean, you never know when you might need them. So it's good to have exactly. around. Exactly. Just never know. Um, we definitely need to start probably a Kickstarter campaign to get uh, FTT3D in theaters when COVID is over. Yeah, we do. Alright, so that theme is just awesome, super groovy, bass heavy, I love it. And uh, once again by Manfredini. Wow. Yeah. Alright, now where are we? So, we're at some people's ran just a random house the last time um i thought that this was a general store and that just bed sheets were out there hanging to dry for no reason at all so now oh, that yeah. I, now i know it's somebody's house that makes a lot more sense and look at here we go with the 3d effects already starting we have things coming straight at the camera nice so the pole I love this, the woman and her husband, she's in all these curlers and, come on, Harold, what you doing out there? And the location is pretty random, too. We're in a diner slash yeah. fruit stand slash residence here, yeah. and it's, it's uh, in a remote location. It's all by itself. Yeah, no idea where we are, except the news is on in the house, and he's talking about eight gruesome murders so that is actually is that from the from ftt2 yeah yeah the news uh being broadcasted right now is sort of recapping the events that happened near camp crystal lake uh which which would have been uh just a few weeks prior to this oh yeah and it does show jimmy on the tv Look at that shot of Jason. We just got a clear picture of him, too. Yeah, see, this Jason I love. He's all tall and 
Um, right. Just, just kind of classic button up and slacks. It's just perfect. Yeah. Very ominous tone here. So the guy's name is Harold. Now, do we know her name? Harold? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Okay. Jason. So she goes out to get the get the clothes from the clothesline, and Jason is just right in the scene behind her. That's so creepy. He's literally right there. Yeah. That's super creepy. So she thinks it's her husband, I think. I'm trying to see if the glasses are making a difference. Oh, those brilliant sound effects are back. Yeah, and there's some effects on them that I really like. Okay, look at this little uh, tribute here. We've got a poster for the movie, The Great Train Robbery. So that's pretty huge. Uh, the Great Train Robbery, a silent film uh, noted for being one of the very first westerns that told an actual story. And most importantly, for our purposes, the first movie that featured characters wearing a mask. Nice. And that's going to come into play in a, in a little bit here because word on the street is that old Jason is going to find himself a new mask. Ooh. Are excited to see. Okay, this guy, the produce shop owner or whatever, picks <laughs> a rabbit out of the bananas. <laughs> ah, just because it's Tuesday. <laughs> but yeah. I don't understand. Is it a pet rabbit? Is it just a random rabbit? Because he's holding it like it's his pet, but now he's just going around and like eating all the stuff in the store and drinking. Um, right from the bottles. I mean, that is gross. This guy's <laughs> pretty nasty. Ugh. That's just my worst nightmare right there. Just touching all of the food and then closing the boxes back up. All right, so let's look at some of the things they're selling. I see a lot of Campbell's tomato soup. Uh, I see some Sunny Delight. And then uh, a lot of chocolate donuts. You can have those. Oh, obviously. Um, I'll take the pineapples. Wait a second, what's happening? There's like a little doll on the register desk with overalls on and a plaid shirt. What was going on? How about that? Wait a second. <laughs> little subtle little tribute there. Oh my yeah. goodness. That was interesting. They basically have a miniature representation of this. <laughs> there on the counter. That was amazing. It's great fun. Alright, so now the now Harold is I don't know what this is. He's out in the shed. Look, oh there's my a snake. God. There's a snake and it and it bit the camera in, in 3D. Oh would you, man. would you stop at this uh, produce stand? Never I don't think I would either. This is the creepiest thing ever. Okay. Oh my gosh, my glasses. Oh, making me see stars. Okay. I do have to point out 
The outhouse. I swear. This starts an outhouse theme in Friday the 13th. This Harold, this is such a gross <laughs> shot of like just drinking Jack Daniels. Yeah, this is pretty TMI. You know, I don't really like these scenes. I'm not really a fan of the bathroom scenes in these movies. No. But it's uh it's it's an evil that we put up with because uh oh my God. these movies are just so darn good. So funny. I do love that they chose Jack Daniels though. Yeah, they go with a lot of iconic brands in here. Lots of Americana, we see a lot of Coke, Pepsi, Bud, Coors, uh, Campbell's Soup, just classic American stuff. Do you like Jack Daniels? I forgot. Uh, I like Gentleman Jack. Gentleman Jack, that's the one. Gentleman Jack, yeah. I love Jack Daniels. I call it Jackie D. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, this so I love the sound effects. They're heightened. Now you prefer the one with the honey in it, right? I do. Jack Daniels honey. Nice. Yeah, my friends make fun of me because they hate it. Oh. <laughs> I love it. It's yeah, I mean it's got a nice little sweet kick to it. It kinda tastes like syrup, but I love it. Oh, here we go. Kill number one. Ooh, okay, so kill number one, put your knife to Harold. And Harold is gone. Alright, alright. Here comes his wife. I wish I knew her name, but I'm afraid I don't. I know, I don't. I'm gonna know. call her Curlers. Yeah, Curlers. So Curlers is walking out <laughs> <laughs> to investigate. Um, just, oh, and she's in a sweater. Hey, nice little callback. Sweater count. Violence. Suspense. I just, I'm so confused about what this place is. There are so many components <laughs> to, I don't know, it's produce, but it's, it's also, they, do they sell the animals? This place is extremely random. Okay. So curlers is gone. Knitting needle. Two. Knitting needle to the head. Fade to white. And now we start with the driving scene, as is customary, when we introduce our counselors. Yes. Although this time they're not actually counselors. They're just a group of teenagers going on a trip to a cabin. I think they should have made them counselors. Yeah, they dropped the ball on that one. Yeah, I need them to be counselors. <laughs> um, love though the showing the drive in the van um, now they're in a yeah they're in Haddonfield <laughs> yeah pretty much look at Shelly okay the ever lovable Shelly is introduced so controversial character I love Shelly. He's such a prankster, and it seemed like he was actually just wearing a mask and was going to kill the jock, but it was all a prank. 
Yeah, he's a hardcore prankster, but he is certainly more adorable than the last couple of pranksters we've had. Aww. He's so self-deprecating. He's a sweetie. He is a sweetie. I wish he wouldn't be so down on himself. I know. But I, I prefer him to uh, Teddy from the last movie. <laughs> I think... Okay. I think Shelly gets a bad rap because people are still mad at Teddy. <laughs> I think so too. Mm. All right. All right. So. So we've got our interchangeables here. Yes, we do. And for the rest of the movie, we are going to struggle to tell these three women apart. Yeah. <laughs> they look exactly the same. This is. Uh, this is heartbreaking for me right here. So we have our main girl uh, with the collar. So assuming, you know, this is our main girl. She's driving. Definitely. Um, but yeah, she just looks too darn similar to the the one sitting right next to her. They look like twins. We've got uh, Chris, we've got Deb, and we've got Vera. Vera. And, and they could all be sisters. Yeah, it was fun when they were picking her up at um, the Sanchez house. And you hear oh, her yeah, arguing. <laughs> um, and now we have the hippies in the back of the van randomly that we didn't know were even here, except they were um, smoking and then a huge cloud was coming out of the van and they thought it was on fire. And they provide us some, some nice comic relief. Yeah. Um, ooh, the poppers. It's the fuzz. Hey. Alright, so hold over. I feel so uh, sympathetic to this jock because he's allergic and he has to eat all of it to get rid of it before the cops pull him over. <laughs> yeah, and he's also just kind of there, you know, yeah. speaking of, of this particular jock, he's not particularly dislikable. No, he's really not. He's, he's kind of nothing. Which is a, a pretty big distinction. Except the, the couple, she just said we're pregnant. I don't right. like that. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was unnecessary. I could probably do without that. Like, I don't think that's a funny thing they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know why that decision was made. It kind of makes it awkward for me, um, knowing where she's heading to Jason's territory. Hey, Sue, you were saying that this crowd is really, um, progressive. Well, yeah, you have radically different social archetypes hanging out with each other, which we don't normally see, and especially in this era, we, we did not normally see at all. You know, you've got the straight-up uh, quarterback football player here, and you have his hippie friends, and they're yeah. hanging out with a, with a prankster, somebody who would, who would probably be called a quote-unquote nerd or something like that in high yeah. school. So um, you, you've just got every echelon 
of uh, traditional social classes represented here, and they're all friends, and they're all going on a road trip. So what you're saying is it's really a teaching tool to society. Absolutely. Um, I think that this should be a required viewing. You know, I think that this should be in most school libraries. Exactly. <laughs> Look at the eyeball. Okay, so there was a man, an old man, just lying in the middle of the road, so they had to stop. And they get out, and he pulls out an eyeball. And, and this is an actual into... eyeball, by the way. They That's shove actual... it into the camera. Yeah. Okay, 3D moment. Um, but he's the new Crazy Ralph character. Ralph. Um, he's showing us, or he's telling us, you know, don't go. I've warned the something awful is going to happen. And they don't listen to him because he seems crazy. So, where are they? Okay, so... They're at a place called Higgins Haven, uh, which is a personal cabin owned by the main character's family. And once again, we are adjacent to Crystal Lake. There's a series of lakes. And uh, so we're, we're right back into Jason's territory's stomping grounds. Right. And, oh yeah, the guy, there's a guy inside of the cabin um, all the teens are just going to the lake, but the theme music was playing, but there's no way that guy can be Jason because his elbows are showing. <laughs> That's right. That's a no-no. That's a huge no-no. <laughs> All right, jump scare number one. Yeah. Love it. And, and here comes Rick. Rick. So, Rick, the... I don't really know what his, his position is here. Uh, some kind of older figure, but... Um, playing well, the role from the last few FTTs. Yeah, he's, he's Chris's longtime boyfriend. And uh, he's what I call the aw shucks guy. It's uh, sort of a plain country boy. A corn boy. A corn boy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, but they have that immediate dynamic of the head, you know, the camp counselor and then the, the head counselor. They really do. And she also has clearly experienced some sort of trauma. Yes. Oh, they right. just had a little moment right there where she kind of told us that she's been through something in the past, and uh, I think we're going to hear more about that later. Oh, man. So that does make her interesting to me in that she came back to a place where something happened out in the woods, and we, you know, we can assume it was it had something to do with Jason, but we don't know. Yes. Oh, so Shelly. You know, he's still kind of pranking everyone, and a lot of times he does it inappropriately. Yeah. Oh, poor Shelly. He's so sad. Okay. But I, I have to talk about this house. 
because it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, and the barn too. Yes, the barn. Okay, now we see the barn outside. And something seems to happen there because Chris is looking at it like it's evil. Or was she just noting that the door was open? She's very freaked out. Um, but this house! Look at this. We've got all different colors of walls. The lampshade is like green and blue and I don't know. There's like all different styles from a few different countries here going on all at once. And I like it. I, I do. It's got a great vibe. Uh, once again, we're back in a rural, woodsy setting, which which gives us a nice little tone for the film. Yes. Oh, okay. 3D, probably the hay bale. Um, it's, Rick is hoisting up into the barn. I'm yeah, sad we can't see. But Me too. it's still cool. Wait, who's Mary Jo Conrad? Uh, that would be his ex. Rick's ex. <laughs> I love it. Mary Jo Conrad. <laughs> <laughs> this is funny. She puts herself on the hay bale and makes him pull the whole thing up. <laughs> and he's a, oh, he does not appreciate that. But I so, think it's so cute. Personally, I think Rick is probably the most likable character. Absolutely. Which is not what you want. No. <laughs> and I don't know why, because she's not she's not doing anything right now. That's I don't know what it is about her. Well, she's a step down from Alice and Jenny right yeah. off the bat. Just it's it's her vibe. It's, it's it's just her vibe. It's a little bit of a yeah, a little bit of an issue, but oh here we go. Fun scare. I think she's a little too perfect, I think. That's what it is. Yeah. That bothers me. She's super yuppie and uh, nothing's really wrong with her. Um, she's a little stuck up. Well, I think, I think if they had explored, like if this whole time, if they had gone into the, her backstory right now, I think that would have made a difference. Yeah, yeah. Her cool qualities don't come out until the movie's almost over. That's what I mean. They, they should have put that up front. Oh, look at this amazing wardrobe. <laughs> So here's yeah. Shelly doing its thing again. Oh, okay. So everyone's screaming, thinking Shelly's been axed in the face. Oh, it's he's so funny. <laughs> Shelly is really pissing everyone off. Oh, they hate it. They hate wow. it. Wow. I think that's so good because of the big puffball of hair that is attached I mean, to the little axe. Yeah, he's a very skilled prankster. His <laughs> pranks are, are high quality. Look at the little puffball. That's so funny. <laughs> the little puffball. 
I think he took it off of his head. <laughs> I love it. Oh, amazing. Okay. Hey, another Volkswagen bug. Heck yeah. Yellow this time. Now watch um, Shelly run. Watch Shelly oh, run. This is the best thing ever. So, um, <sighs> what? Yes. What's her face is going into town and she takes Shelly with her. And a mistake I won't make this time. So the whole time, like, <laughs> I thought that that was the final girl in the car with Shelly. Oh, you did. And it's okay. Vera. But they look so similar. <laughs> and then and then also these two. Which is the similar. final girl. Yeah. Chris and Deb. Yeah, well, that's... So, very bad mistake. So yes, that was my issue. Okay. That the first time you see her, she's right next to Deb. And it's a little hard to tell them apart. In part four, I think that there's also a casting issue for me with um, one of the what's-her-faces that looks like Trish. Because Trish is one of my favorite final girls, does not get enough credit, and I think it's it's because people mix her up with one of the, you know, throwaways. Oh, definitely. <sighs> so look, uh, they've introduced the bikers. Okay. And now we have the music back. Yeah, the movie is really starting to have fun with itself now. <laughs> Um, we've got these amazing, like, rockin' bikers in leather and chains, and they're all, <laughs> they're all punkers, like, to Shelly and Vera. Great stuff. So Foxy is, is probably my favorite character here. Foxy's so cool. May I please have the wallet, ma'am? Snap. Oh, she's putting her foot down. Of course, uh, Foxy being a, a nod to the classic character Foxy Brown, played by Pam Greer. Perfect. The quintessential 70s female badass. Oh yeah, I love her. But I do feel for Vera right here, because she, she was clearly just getting some nonsense racial stuff from the cashier, like assuming she had food stamps. Yeah, she was, her background. she was treated very badly. Uh, they, they noticed that she was Hispanic and they yeah. assumed she'd be paying in food stamps. Uh, for the first time, we get a more realistic take of, uh, of rural life. Yeah. But she handled it well. She handled it very well. I think so, too. It's I think that you know it's another another teaching tool. <laughs> oh, definitely. I mean, this whole thing is like an episode of Reading Rainbow. Exactly. Oh, and Shelly backs into the motorcycles. Oh, God. There's so much Americana happening here. We have Harley Davidsons. We have the '76 station. We have the big Olympia beer truck. We got the Volkswagen Bug. 
Look at him though. The biker leans down and just smiles at Shelly before breaking the windshield. <laughs> that was the best lingering smile. And then his attempt to get on the motorcycle always cracks me up. Oh my god, Shelly, what are you doing? Shelly is going, driving back, and drove over the motorcycle. So uh, how's this Bebop. for an interesting sub theme? We have, uh, we have a couple of bikers going on in the middle of a Friday the 13th movie. Yeah. That's extremely quirky. Super quirky. And I don't, I never remember their names. It's Foxy, but then it's like, um... Loco. Loco, and then Bebop. What's Bebop? Bebop what's Bebop's name? I don't know, but we just named him Bebop, so let's yeah, go. He's, yeah, he's Bebop. <laughs> um, alright. stuff here. Yes. Man, that's so cool. Just the simplicity of having the yo-yo come right into the camera. That's so cool. Man, I want a yo-yo. <laughs> I used to have a yo-yo. God, it's been years and years. Oh my god, Shelly. We had a slight misunderstanding with a motorcycle game. <laughs> yes. Oh. So it's Rick's car. It's Rick's car. Huh. You see Jason in the barn just <gasps> now? Oh my god, Jason's in the barn. Why is Jason in the barn? What is happening? I know. What is he doing? Why? Okay, like so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> Where is Crystal Lake in relation to this? Why is Jason in the barn? Why How did Jason get to the barn? Where is his house? <laughs> And also, look at Rick. He's doing the country boy thing mixed with the preppy sweater. Oh my goodness, the sweater around the flannel makes no sense. Right. <laughs> no, I don't know what's going on there. And then Jason is just looking at them in the, from the barn. Okay, this is the couple. So we're left with a couple um, from the beginning. That I think is pregnant. I can't. I don't know if she was joking. I don't know if that's real. Kind of just forgetting about that. <laughs> yeah. Um. But she goes to the van to get swim stuff, and we see a pair of boots underneath the car. Another classic Friday the Thirteenth motif. Whose boots are those? Is it Jason? Is it not Jason? Oh, it's a logo. One of the... Oh, jeez, Louise. And he barks. Yeah, he actually barks. <laughs> <laughs> that is the call for Bebop. Who was... Oh, Bebop and Fox, you were around the corner. Oh, his name's Ali. That's right, it's Ali. Okay, Ali Bebop. Ali Bebop. Oh my goodness. Foxy. Okay, and 
using so they're using that tube for the van to to siphon the gas I don't but where did they get all this stuff that's what I want to know right they just sort of had it on their pockets yeah they just had all these buckets in the tubes siphon the gas yeah. and also how did they even find them see my questions are never ending with this movie where is the cabin in relation to that little you know country store well this is where we begin our blatant inconsistencies in friday because did they just walk a few miles? Because obviously we would have heard them approach with their motorcycles. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Um, Foxy's in the barn basically drumming, playing some drums with just random pieces of metal. And who's that behind her? Jason. Yeah. That's my favorite Jason, the Bing Crosby Jason. Yeah, <laughs> the Bing Jason. This really is the best Jason. If, if this Jason would have been in Friday the 13th part two, I'd probably give it a 9.5. That's same, absolutely. Yeah, and, and I, it's more even just the censoring of, of part two that was just ridiculous, but but this is my favorite, Jason. I love how the the muted colors, you know, kind of like the everyman um, color tone, slacks, vibe. And he just, he blends into the night, too. He does. And even into this barn. And he slips right in. You know, there's nothing clumsy about this, He's Jason. He's stealthy. Yes, that's the word. So all of a sudden we have a stealthy Jason, which is a stark contrast to the overall wearing Jason. Yes. And I prefer this. I think it's a lot creepier. Yeah. And do you see how far that bald head goes too? Oh, you're so funny with that. I think that makes a difference. I love his bald head. I know you do. It makes him look more like a demon. <laughs> you are obsessed with his bald head. I love it so much. I think it's just so much better than that long hair, especially because it was only long hair coming out of one side. I know, the beard as well, I don't. It's terrible. I don't do the beard, but I just I think it's so funny how much, how much you prefer it. <laughs> I do, I really do. I love but, this Jason. But he shaved because it grows back for part four. It does grow back. <laughs> On one side, yet again. <laughs> okay, this, I love things like that. Foxy is shown um, swinging on the, the rope uh, at the top of the barn, and then all of a sudden it cuts away and cuts back to her and it's just the rope and she's gone. And yeah, that was very nicely done. I think that is so cool. Oh, and Loco with his it's like an unlit cigarette. It's, he's just having it there. He's got an unlit cigarette, oh. one earring, it's a cross. Oh, logo. I don't a know piece about of this. Caution tape tied around his elbow. What is happening with Logo? He Oops. looks like Kaniki from Greece's big brother. Yes. Oh my goodness. 
He's just so... <laughs> I love that he's trying to talk like a tough guy. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Fox. Go on, get back. Oh. Uh-oh. Fox is pitchforked in the barn. To the railing. So off screen kill. Okay, so number three and four. Oh here we go. Loco pitchfork to the gut. That's gotta hurt too. And this must be 3D because the, the pitchfork pole is, is going right to the camera. Oh yeah, that was a nice 3D shot. He has kind of a long death scene, like when you you know consider how long it's on his face. It's the longest one yet in the whole series. Oh, we've got Bebop. All right, so I think the plan was to take the gas and set fire to the barn, which I don't really understand how that's revenge, but... Right. What are you going to do? <laughs> so their, their little biker gang is called the Black Widows. That is awesome. I'll give him that. Because that patch on the back of his jacket is cool. It's exquisite. It's a huge Black Widow with the red little belly. Is that a belly? What is it? <laughs> oh, the, uh, the death marking. Oh, scary. It's got a death marking. Oh, <gasps> death kicks. I love it. Oh, look at him, though. Bebop picks up the machete and gets ready for Jason. And is very swiftly defeated. And is defeated about a thousand times in the face. Huh. Oh, man. And then cut to, you know, the teens who are still having a, an amazing time outdoors, doing handstands, swimming. Yeah, they're, they're oblivious. We're still in that point where no one knows that there's a problem. Yeah, exactly. But Jason is... See, now Jason is looking out of the window. And last time we had that kind of jump scare where it was Rick looking out the window. Oh my goodness, there was a spider in the house the other day. I had to... Oh, I had to leave. <laughs> That's fun. No, I hate it. Alright, look, we've got Chris and Rick hanging out here. We're gonna get some very good backstory. You take the spiders outside, don't you? Uh, yes, I do. That's so sweet. I get scared and I get the vacuum. Oh, well, that'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, must be mentioned, Rick's sweater is Pamela's sweater. It's the exact same one. I mean, it's all new and shiny, but it's totally Pamela's blue sweater. I think we've noticed a lot more callbacks this time. I think so, too. 
Ooh, Shelly and, um, you know, what's his face? <laughs> Jock juggling total 3D moment that I wish we could see because that looks super cool. Yeah. I do like this kind of lodge uh, cabin thing they have going. It's darker. Um, yeah, there's just, it's darker wood. It's, it's just a darker vibe than FTT2. But I miss, oh, yeah. I miss the camp counselors having more fun and interacting with each other, um, like the house in FTT2. There's almost none of that happening this time. Oh, Shelly and Vera. Yeah, Shelly is really striking out and it gets awkward. Oh, I think, yeah, you can, um, you can give your insight on that. I don't want to touch it. <laughs> well, he's telling her that he likes her, which is a big no-no. You don't tell someone you like them, you show them. Oh. And he's a man and she's a woman. And if you want to tell a woman you like her, just tell her by showing her. It's that simple. You don't make it all awkward. But then he calls her a bitch, which yeah. is so silly. <laughs> Shelly, like I, he was cool. Well, he, feels, he feels so bad. He, he just, he got rejected. I, he, he let it slip. <laughs> oh, Shelly. It's like he brought it right on himself. Like, yeah, he, <laughs> he could have just, I think that if he had in that moment said, do you want me to teach you how to juggle? That he would have been in. Right. Because, he, yeah, he just made it an awkward moment instead of, like, keeping the fun. Uh-oh. Oh, look, Jason's right outside the window. I kind of love, <laughs> for some reason, I love that Jason, you know, 10,000 times in this movie is either, like, in front of a window or behind a window, like, outside. <laughs> we've actually, yeah, we've seen quite a bit of him already. Just, he's just really taking his time in this one, just looking at them and stalking them. His movements are so much more fluid. Oh, yeah. There's, I think there's um, some shape influencing this guy. Absolutely. Which is definitely my favorite movements. Oh, without question. Without question. The shape, of course. Uh, the name of Michael Myers in Halloween 1. I will say, you know, for me, uh, of course, Freddy gets um, his own special place because he can jump around and be silly. Yeah, well, he's supposed to do stuff like that. Yeah. Jason always had a rough time because he was always kind of somewhere in between. Yeah, that's very true. All right, so... Chris. Why do I... I love her Sally Field aura i don't know what's happening i can't connect with her kapowski vibe 
right. She's uh, definitely not my favorite main character. In fact, she's my least favorite so far. She's a Kapowski. She is such a Kapowski. And, you know, let's just say, like, I I think we could use a little more of the Jesse Spanos. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do love this theme or this idea. I wouldn't mind a Lisa. Well, of course. But in the nerdy sense, you know what I mean? Oh, definitely. Um, so I love this, though, that she gets her own flashback within the movie. She's See, now been... her character has death. Yeah, she's been here before. She has, as we see, Jason actually, without the pillow, <laughs> <laughs> um, actually had an altercation with Jason. Yeah, and she survived it. I don't understand this. She kicks the knife out of his hand and she runs, but he's struggling. And That's like, pretty good, too. She's got some strength. Yeah, but... This is what I don't understand, because we've seen some serious brute force, some strength. Um, you know, he killed the whole biker gang. And yet, in their struggle, she somehow gets away, but she doesn't know how. She just got lucky. But that's where I want an alternate timeline to exist. Ooh, I like it. Because... She blacked out. Some that means something. <laughs> oh, so you'd say that this begins a dream sequence? Yes. Okay. I would like to believe that we are now in a dream sequence. She said she I'm woke up you. in bed. Hmm. Maybe she's still there. So, do you think that she's dreaming this? part right now yes okay i think this is like the return to you know the to the origin and but it's I think in Rick's her head sweater. <laughs> it, right <laughs> come on now i love that they chose to have him in this sweater i mean they had to have known oh they knew So now we cut back to the hippie couple that I completely forgot existed for a second there. I think everyone did. Oh my god. She has a little blue... I just saw it. She has a little blue cowboy necklace. Cowboy boot necklace. Yeah. And he her... looks exactly like Tommy Chong. Oh yes, that's... See, how old is he? Because there's a little bit of like... What is this old man doing with these teens? Yeah, he's like 46. He really is. Uh-oh. See, I told you. More outhouse. Man in the outhouse. Of course, they're 36. True. <laughs> there are going to be more outhouse scenes in the next few FTTs, so... Oh my god, yes. Just gotta, gotta buck up on that one. <laughs> Look at her cowboy boot. That's so random. 
Because she's supposed to be a hippie. I kind of like it. <laughs> but she's not, she doesn't seem like a hippie to me. He does. No, she's, uh, she's half hippie and half Dolores from the diner. <laughs> yeah, okay. How would we cast this as alternative version? Uh, she would be Dolores in the diner. Oh, yeah. Vera would be my pick for final girl. And okay. the other ones would be, you know, the, the what's her phrases. I could see Vera as final girl. I mean, if these were our only choices. Yeah. Um, Vera is the one who kind of, you know, she's got the spunk. She's got an interesting story, at least. Yeah, she's got more depth than Chris. And which I hate to say, because that whole flashback is such an interesting concept. I just wish they had introduced it sooner. Me too. I think that that should have happened uh, in the prologue, even. Yeah, because by the time we get around to her experience with Jason, we've already been with Vera and Shelly and the bikers. Like, I'm already kind of sold on these characters. You know? I'm definitely sold on the bikers. So, I think she, I think in a way, she almost gets gypped on time. Um, mm -hmm. As far mm -hmm. as final girls go. I think she also doesn't necessarily enjoy being in this movie. I don't know. I want to, I really want to root for her. And I'm trying really hard. Yeah. She's not making it easy. No, she's not. She's not. Cause I like, usually I can't, I can't do it, but I'm trying. Because I love Shelly. I really do love Shelly. And I don't care. Who knows it? <laughs> yeah, we got to bring Shelly on the show for an interview. Hey, your old pals. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to reach out to him and uh, and see if he wants to come on the show. That'd be really fun. That'd be so much fun. Tell him we're big fans. Oh, for sure. And there aren't too many of us Shelly fans either. Without Shelly, there would be no mask, so no one can come at me about Shelly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, another scare from Shelly, which I... Look at that moment, though. Yes! Look at that moment. He comes out of the water with a goalie mask on. And Heck yes. as of right now, if we're seeing this for the first time, you know, there is no Friday the 13th 4, um, and there's definitely no Friday the 13th 15, so nobody mm -hmm. has ever seen the hockey mask, or and no one knows its significance yet. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Poor Shelly, being a jerk is better than being nothing. Oh, ouch. Oh, he's trying too hard. He's trying way too hard. Because like she said, she does like him. I think she really does. It's just too much. And he does all that self-deprecating stuff, too. Yeah. That doesn't help anything. Oh. See, I like Vera. I think she could have worked. 
And that that's what I think is happening. I like Vera and Shelly more than I like Chris and Rick. Ooh. Okay. I think that's an uh-oh. That's a big uh-oh. Oh no. Alright, Shelly's oh, Shelly's going off on his own to the barn with what is that thing that he has? Uh, he's got a harpoon gun. Harpoon and the hockey mask. Why does he have a harpoon? <laughs> uh, it, it's used in a very brutal form of fishing. Good God. He's like, oh, I'm going to the woods. Better bring a harpoon. <laughs> so where is Jason right now? I think he's in the barn because Shelly is investigating. Ooh, okay. And now he's going inside. Oh dear. Oh! Alright, so the hippies they cut away. We don't know what happened to them. Oh, we didn't get an actual kill scene for them. No, we don't. Oh, gross. Some... And by the way, yeah, a random horse head just fell out of the sky. Ugh. Just because, why not? Gross. Alright, so Vera... Vera still has Shelly's wallet, of all things. Mm-hmm. And a very kind of a fascinating slow-mo on um, Shelly and I think that, what is his mother? I think it's his mom, yeah. But the fact that Vera kept it and was like looking at his picture does, you know, I really do think she likes him. I think he was just coming on too strong. And so I like her character more this time than I did before. Interesting. Because she was looking at his picture, you know, okay. like... And she invited him to come along to the store, and, you know, I, I do think he just, he freaked her out with that whole, um, harpoon. <laughs> Uh-oh. Look at Jason now, in all his glory. Oh, come on, this is the best ever. I think this is my favorite sequence in the whole series, right here. And it's in 3D. Ooh, 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 the harpoon. Oh! Harpoon to the eye. Harpoon to the eye. And look how he walks away all casual. Oh, look how... Oh, please, with this movement. He just drops the harpoon gun like nothing. He's wearing oh, the mask. And he's just... Oh, he's so cool right here. Yeah. And he looks up at the window to our last couple, and then it cuts to them. That was pretty... Uh, <laughs> that was a good job. Okay, but that sequence where he's... We know that he got Shelly, because he has the mask. Yeah, so Shelly was an off-screen kill, so I think we're at eight. Yeah, because Shelly and the hippies. Mm -hmm. Um... But, yeah, I think you're right, though. I'm actually, I'm really warming up to to Jason in, in this one, especially in that shot on the dock. I mean, 
what was even happening with that slow walk? His confidence <laughs> has gone way up. Oh, that was smooth. Yeah. And to see him for the first time with the mask and the harpoon gun, like, look at how he walks up the stairs. Yeah, there's something about confidence that actually really works. And you can just see it in his movements. He's much more self-assured now. He's got a great vibe. Oh, that's who this guy is. Our last couple. Yeah, Hands. he's Mr. Handstand. Yeah, Mr. <laughs> Handstand. Mr. Handstand and Priggers. <laughs> oh, look at look at this. Look at this kill. This is uh oh, this no, is no. legendary. Oh no, 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 no. Alright, so he's walking, he's doing a handstand all down the hall where we know Jason is. Oh god. You said her name was Prager. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Let's keep that from now on. Oh. Look at that. Are you kidding me? He got chopped into four pieces. Uh. While standing on his hands, too. Oh, that was terrible. In a good way, I mean. Like, <laughs> so Andy. So handstand is gone. The camera did a really cool um, shot looking up at Jason with the mask. <laughs> and then he had his classic machete but that sound that handstand makes like it's so brutal okay little nod to psycho here with the shower scene i forgot to mention that oh yeah there's always got to be the shower scene Oh, Preggers is the only one. She's all sunburned, too. Yeah, she's pretty pale. I... She's the one I got confused with our final girl at the beginning. Okay, yeah, me too. <laughs> but look! Look at the room. Even the bathroom looks cool. With all of the... Sconces and yeah, you're right about this place. Uh, this this cabin or lodge or whatever is actually pretty nice. It's really different. I kind of love it. And all these random statues from all over the world. What is going on here? Because I feel like the scenery outside is not quite as strong as it was in part two. Well, not at all. We haven't even been outside that much. Yeah. Um, we've basically been at the barn. We've got the barn. We've got two random markets now. Okay. This is funny. She's sitting down after the shower to read Fangoria. What a tribute. Okay. Tribute to Tom Savini, legendary makeup artist from Friday the 13th. I can't believe they did that. Shout out. And then to Godzilla... Oh, God. That was pretty brutal. So nine and ten. Oh, so that couple, I think, had the most, like, the craziest kills in this one. Oh, yeah, that looked like it hurt a lot. Machete to the chest. 
Oh dear. Oh, look, the hippies are still here. You know what I feel like the difference is for me with Jason, part two and part three? Hmm. Part two, he seems very young. Like, his energy mm. is very youthful and kind of blundering a little bit. And this, he seems very adult. Right. He's a big baby in part two. Yes. He really is a big baby. Yes. And, and now he's like a straight up killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's maybe also um, contributing to the vibe. I can't believe okay. the hippies are here. Which actually, in retrospect, makes me raise my rating for part two because I can see it nice. as Jason growing up. Totally. I was just thinking about that because so we've Jason got... Jason grew up. Yes, we've got the boy in one. Yeah. Like, the bigger boy <laughs> in part two. The bigger boy. Bigger boy. And then the the guy, the killer in part three. Oh, yeah. <gasps> Oh, it's it's really I think it's um the hero's journey if we look at it that way. It's it's the development and growth of boy to man. It's downright Homeric. Exactly. You know, you know it's it's akin to Star Wars in that way. <laughs> ah yes. You know, he was just a boy. And he didn't mean to become this. It's a coming of age film. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love slasher movies around here at the pod. Yes, yes, we do. Okay, that, I just noticed how silly that calendar is. It's the most random, <laughs> like, uh, moment for exploitation. Oh, oh for sure. Because he just does so, that silly little <laughs> I gotta tell you, I am a little surprised that this couple is still here. So am I. I can but and now I kind of think it's unfair that Shelly went before they did. I think that's ridiculously out of order. But look at the makeup job. Like he was so good faking getting uh attacked that now Shelly pops in with his throat slit and um, the hippie chick thinks that it's just one of his pranks. Now, would you rather have Shelly last longer and have a different character have the hockey mask? No. Okay. So, never mind that. Because <laughs> I was thinking about that. It's like either we get more screen time from Shelly or we get Shelly with the mask. No, because um that that moment was too perfect where Jason encounters Vera. It's that's it's a perfect scene. It really is. Um and also Shelly with the mask, it sounds like another one of our bands. Like oh. oh for sure. Oh foreshadow. Okay. Vera was they they had like us a lingering scene with Vera using the fire poker, and now Jason is using the fire poker. Yeah, he is. On Hippie Chick. Still do not know her name. And it's in 3D. So, by the way, he got the hippie guy in the basement 
very cool shot of Jason looking larger than life underneath um, this like uh, dingy light bulb that was kind of flashing on and off. Very See, cool. Now that they're outdoors again. Yes. I'm back in Friday the 13th mode. So Chris and Rick are the last two remaining. And we have coming up, we're going to have our classic, you know, that that finding out what's going on slowly and then the realization of having our final girl. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this particular showdown. Me too. I want to watch the um, the Crystal Lake documentary again because I actually am really interested in the choices made for this Jason because I like it so much. Yeah, uh, the Jason here is a 10 without yeah. question. So I'm going to really factor that into my rating later when we give our ratings. Yeah, so how's that going to be for ratings? from previous ratings of this movie. Yeah, well... Right? You know, buckle your seatbelt, because... Ooh. <laughs> I'm, kind of, I'm kind of seeing it in a new way tonight. I love it. And uh, this is this is good. This it's, is good. You know good. how quirky this darn movie is, and it's like the first Friday the 13th that elicits some uh, radically different opinion oh for sure yeah it's a, it's a different vibe i think this is really where it started deviating from its comfort zone yes but it's being extremely cutting edge we've got bikers we've got disco and we've got a completely different makeup of characters we've got a mask we've got 3d we've got the teaching tool of um, harmony and peace between mankind. Yes, the utopian vision. Yes. I mean, if nothing else, FTT really is the utopian vision uh, for the future. Damn straight. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I love it. Okay, Rick is oh, gone. Look at this one. Look at this one. The eyeball, his eyeball popped out in 3D. This is the crazy strength, Jason, though. He just, he's lifting him up by Rick's head. Just pops his eyeball out. So I think we're at 11, then. Okay. Oh, Chris is alone. Here we go, final girl. And remember, of course, she had some sort of incredibly traumatic encounter with Jason. That's what I'm saying. That's what, I wish they would have explored that further. That, to be honest with you, when I first watched this, that was my favorite part of the movie. That she had this whole experience? Yeah, she was sitting against a tree one night. And yes. Jason came out of the woods. I just thought that was legendary. Well, and she survived. She's the only one that can say that. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, where she goes back. She's got some coolness to her. She does. She really does. Oh, she's going to find Preggers. Yeah. 
Okay, this is interesting. Is Jason trying to do laundry? <laughs> I think so. He might be in there ironing. Yeah, exactly. Because um, the bath is overflowing, but you know, the clothes are in there, so. <laughs> He's very practical. Exactly. Hey, <laughs> he takes the tea kettle off of the stove, so you never know when some of these house cleaning things. <laughs> Yeah, he likes, uh, he's kind of a neat freak in a way. Exactly. All right, Chris's first realization, Logo falls from the tree. Okay, so everything's changed now. The final girl has officially realized what's happening. Yeah. Uh, she found a body. She found uh, the first body that she has seen. She doesn't understand that everyone's dead. And that Jason is back. And she's got to find that source of inner strength and, yeah, confront those fears from the past. Hey, she's doing it too. She is. Look at that. She's moving that huge. Um, yeah. What is that thing? What is that thing? I was going to ask you. <laughs> it's okay. Okay. It's uh, this huge wooden you would think it's a coat rack, but it's not because it does like a 90 degree angle. And then there's a big lamp hanging from a part of it. <laughs> One of those classic ornate furniture pieces. Yes. But, <laughs> but she moves it to block the door. <gasps> Uh-oh. But then poor Rick is thrown through the window. That is some serious strength. I, was I like say. because that stands to reason. I think that Jason should be the most physically strong of the three. Oh, I do too. You know that just stands to reason. Um, he's he's got to have more brute strength and upper body strength than Michael Myers, and certainly more than Freddy. Well, but I love that cool. I mean, he's just. He almost doesn't care. He just tosses Rick in there. But then the slow walk, he kind of just appears in the window. Like, here's Jason. <laughs> yeah, here's Jason. And then he slowly climbs in instead of um, that kind of usual Jason appearance through the window where he's smashing through. Mm, mm -hmm. Much more collected here. See, his movements are purposeful, and he's not bumbling. Uh, he's grown up. Exactly. Ooh, Chris finds uh, Preggers. God, I, I just wish there were like five movies with Jason in this form. I know. Well, part four doesn't do a terrible job with it. He, the only oh. difference with part four is that he has hair. Uh, and he's 105 more pounds. It's very true. <laughs> but still. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, there's something about the swift Jason. I just... It's really... Um, to me, it makes the dynamic really interesting with Chris because it's almost like she's having to confront her past very slowly. 
Yeah, she's been waiting for this moment and sort of mentally preparing. And look at this. She grabs a knife and just snaps and goes after him and like just right to his face. So I like this, you know, like we said earlier, she's not really that interesting and she's got some pretty stiff competition, you know, as far as final girls, but she's final girling up right now, as they say. Oh, she really is. Uh, climbing out the window. First, yeah, she, she breaks the, the window. Point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and I, I think it may be an interesting choice on her part the way that she played her kind of personality and character really relies heavily on that past traumatic incident. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why we could have had a bit more of that to, to really get into her psyche. Yeah, I think that that was an incredible mistake on their part. And I would have probably skipped the uh, flashback to Friday the 13th 2 and instead just started it with Chris and her prologue. Yeah, and then we wouldn't even know that it was a flashback until later, which would have been cool. Yeah, because it would kind of throw off our um, our sense of time and space. Yeah. You know how we always love the ones that do that, like Nightmare on Elm Street 5? Yes. Uh, where we we have no idea if we're in a dream or which timeline we're in. Oh, and I love this. Oh, oh, so many final girls do it after Lori. The keys! Oh, the keys! Yeah, she had a problem with the keys. Luckily, the car started, which is actually pretty rare. Yes. Oh, Jason's right in the road. Look at this. He just dove out of the way. And where is she going? So See also, you know, let me point out that um, Jason has been through quite a bit now, if we look at what he went through in part two. Yes. And, uh, and how much damage he's taken to his body. And, right. You know, he's he's been through quite a bit. So he's done a lot of growing up and I'm incredibly impressed with his energy here. <laughs> I love it. We're like, <laughs> we're really kind of getting into Jason's maturity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the maturation of one Jason Voorhees. Oh, dear. Um, it's a coming-of-age tale. Exactly. That's, so now the whole siphoning of the gas makes sense. I didn't really get it before with, with the bikers, but now to, ha to have her have the van start, but then it runs out of gas, that makes it interesting. Yeah, running out of gas became another trope, beloved trope, too. Well, and it forces her back into the woods. So now we have kind of the classic, um, you know, chase scene through the woods. And this is where she first encountered him, too, when she was younger. Yes, that's right. Return to the scene of the crime. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then kind of do things differently this time. And I think I will always be a fan of this, um, this kind of trope. 
because it's so it so reminds me of of mythology and and just being abducted you know one of the the young women being abducted into an underworld and the challenges and mm -hmm. what happens with with the girls you know needing to really find their inner strength and and become kind of badasses yeah i really really appreciate that theme and i think that gets um dismissed a lot i don't i think it gets overlooked how much strength the final girl has to really call upon yeah i mean she's really strong and it's not just about oh it's you know she's being chased or something jason represents so much more than just a random you know guy obviously no, she's she's conquering uh, different parts of her psyche now. Yeah. Coming to terms with who she is and, and just experiencing tremendous growth and self-actualization and empowerment. And especially now that Jason has a mask, you know, a literal mask on, he could be anybody. He's faceless. I love that. Yeah, now he is perfect for every metaphor. Yes. And you know what? Look at her. She's on the railing. She's crawling across on the ceiling. You know what? Okay, so you know how Freddy's face is just his actual face. Yeah, but just burned. Um, burned face. And then you know how Jason finds this mask in part three. Yeah. And so the thing that Michael Myers always had is he had the mask from the first second. Oh, for sure. And so the shape became the subject of these incredible essays. Absolutely. The shape to me, there, there's, it's so perfect for, especially for Lori, but for any kind of metaphor about confronting, oh, you know, yeah. a so-called demon. Or one's own demons. An actual shadow. A shape. Oh, look at her. Okay, so she takes a shovel. Knocks him out. Oh, knocks him out in the barn. Look at this move. She is taking the rope and tying it around his neck. She's gonna hang Jason. She's gonna push him off. Look at this. Heck yeah. She hung him. I think of all the final girls, regardless of where they score with me, mm -hmm. this is a pretty amazing final encounter because she is actually like, oh, it is right it is. on Jason, pushing him, pushing him away as well. Um, and you know, regardless of what happens next she she has done this you know yeah she has yeah she's pretty awesome now yeah i i wish we had spent more time with her in the beginning i think that that would have solved um, it's just so interesting how she just completely grew on us i know right
I mean, I love the bikers. I love Bebop. <laughs> um, yeah, Bebop and Foxy are great. But they could have spent the time at the store back at the woods. That's all I'm saying. I can't stand Loco, though. I, I hate Loco. God. With his, his unlit cigarette. <laughs> yeah. Okay, oh. so look. How did he survive this? So Jason somehow survived being hung. Okay, but look at how he he's just staring, and then all of a sudden, oh, God almighty. That's incredible. So he's pretty darn tough, and here he comes, round two. Okay, but this is an incredible moment for me. He takes off the mask, and she recognizes him. She says, it's you. Because this is the, the, you know, the Jason that was from her past. You know, Jason's level of brutality here. It's really intense. Very significant. Um, it's amped up from the last film, for sure. Well, there's uh, this um, detachment that he has. Yeah, he uh, just doesn't care anymore. So, worth noting, Bebop was not totally dead. He came out of the barn out of nowhere and for that second distracted Jason enough for um, Chris to grab an axe and poof right into the hockey mask. You know what's great though is um, from Jason's perspective you know he believes that he was avenging his mother. Oh I know. That entire last movie and so he's just like wondering why all these people are attacking him. But right there, that's my favorite hockey mask. Oh, you like it with the uh, the chunk taken out of it from the ass. Yep, that's my favorite. But it is a bummer because you only get the clean hockey mask for, you know, the half an hour or whatever. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> that's, you know, interesting. Um, but, yeah, I do, I do like when it gets a little uh, rough and tumbled. And also, the real Jason mask has two straps. Right. I saw that. Yeah, two straps. The cheap ones have one strap. Yeah, of course. All right, we wake up, it's morning, Chris is in a canoe, but she's right by the barn. She hasn't gone anywhere. Um, but also worth noting, this does not seem like Crystal Lake. This is a total jungle swamp. I do not know where we are. <laughs> yeah, where are we? This is the bayou. Oh my god, all of a sudden I'm in the African Queen with Catherine Hepburn and uh, yes. Humphrey Bogart. Wow. Exactly. I mean, it's really pretty. It's just very different. No, I'm like waiting for the anaconda to show up. Yeah, exactly. Oh! <laughs> Alright, Jason in the window. And she's having to paddle the canoe out of there. 
And instead, oh, she's just not going anywhere. Oh, this is insane. Where are we? Jason's run right here is pretty cool. Yeah, he's faster now. Um, however, he disappears. So, was it all in Chris's head to begin with? Look, and then Pamela Voorhees. Oh, Pamela! Oh, Pamela with her sweater. Yeah, so that's our anthem here. Oh, Pamela. Oh, Pamela. So she's grabbing Chris out of the canoe, taking her underwater, just like baby Jason in FTT1. So, my alternate timeline. I think that whole thing was a dream. Yeah. Jason and everything. Here comes Deputy Dudate and the Dudate days. Yes. And then Chris, as a final girl, uh, she has snapped. She's pretty, uh, yeah, she's screaming, she's laughing, uh, <laughs> kind of maniacally in the back yeah, of the she, cop car. She's completely hysterical and, uh, her psyche's ruined. She's just been completely traumatized again. And that's where I'm not sure about Chris, because the other final girls make it out and, you know, they don't let it snap them. Not let it, but you know what I mean. Like, they come out as kind of Sarah Connors. They hold it together. Poor Chris. So I have a lot of sympathy for her. Yeah, I can it's see that. Just, it's just like a weird way to end it with her laughing like that because I feel like it supports the alternate timeline. Maybe this whole thing was just in her head. Because why would the police leave at, like without even looking in the barn? Why would they leave Jason there if he was really there? There's no way excellent that they point. didn't see him. Yeah, excellent point. Um... It, it confuses me very much because at the beginning of Friday the 13th 4, they do the recap and they show like a hundred officers there. That's what I mean. Yeah. So what's true? Ooh. Gosh, I love it. It's that surreal element that this series has. Heck yes. And then... And it's great. It leaves it open-ended and so it, it can be kind of whatever we want it to be. I love it. But the soundtrack, ooh, wah, ooh, wah. Back to that disco soundtrack, and Jason is dead, uh, so we think, so we assume, and the credits roll. Heck yes. Friday the 13th Part 3, 3D, is the rap, and I kept my glasses on the entire time. So did I. Yeah. Heck yes. Um, I just had to. I was like that guy in Back to the Future. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Um... And then, so FTT4, we did an episode zero for a very important reason in that it explains our podcast name. So this will conclude this part of FTT because we're actually going to 
swerve a little bit. We don't want to get past 82 before really diving into these critical years of slashes. So we're gonna explore Canada. Yeah, we're taking a, an excursion here. We're gonna go up north uh, to the land of slashers. And 1981 was the year in the wake of Friday the 13th part two, several Canadian filmmakers decided they'd like to make a Friday the 13th film. And they all have a very, very special vibe because the killer is not an iconic movie monster. It's not someone we know. It's one of the group of friends, someone that we're introduced to early in the oh, film. Oh, I love it. So we get to play Guess the Killer, which is incredibly fun. So much fun. And, and really, um, it's fun because you kind of get to see, oh, well, I'm suspicious of this action. Or are they really being truthful? And it, it kind of, it's a good exercise, I think. You know, it's another teaching tool. In it is a teaching tool. judgment. Sort of uh, reasoning skills mm -hmm. and trains us to be better detectives. Exactly. So we're not going to get past 1982 until we've done everything else. Um, Which is going to take a while. Yeah, from these few years. Um, so not just Canada, we're, but we're starting in Canada. And then after that, we'll get back on the on the icon train um take Choo -choo. it through the rest yeah take it through the rest of the 80s um that was super fun uh, you know what i actually enjoyed part three a lot more than the last time so did i so, so did i that's so funny how that happens i found things that i hadn't appreciated before yep and I sort of saw things in a whole new way. I think that we stumbled upon something incredible with the maturation of Jason. Yes, I love it. We identified the way that he grew up yes. from Friday the 13th 1 as a little boy to yes. Friday the 13th 2 as a grown-up baby. Grown-up baby. Friday the 13th 3 as just this cool, collected man. Yes. And it is incredible. His transformation is very fascinating to see. And where we go from here, only time will tell. He has his mask now. Uh, so it appears that he's going to be quite the badass. Uh, to me, this really solidifies the vengeance. Um, you know, I think part two, he was still really figuring all of that out, still really dealing with his emotions. Part, oh, for sure. Yeah, part three is um, he's he's really just out for revenge and and has made his peace with that. He certainly has. Uh, I think that he was essentially on the verge of tears through most of Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Yes. I think that he was he was crying and he was very hurt. Uh, recall that he is mentally challenged. Right. Uh, severely so, in fact. So, um, to his mind, it was probably extremely confusing what was happening, and his story is objectively tragic. Oh, you for know, sure. He, uh, he was neglected, and he was traumatized, and he was hurt, and then his mother tried to avenge him, and mm -hmm. then she got killed. So, I also think um, 
the it brings us full circle you know if they hadn't made another one it still brings us back to pamela at the very end of this movie coming out of the water it's it's an ex like one two and three to me is a complete story oh absolutely absolutely i i love it for that um i have gained a greater appreciation for part two yes as well just yeah, in yeah. this viewing of three um i really really enjoy seeing jason now as the grown-up baby in part two so i'm gonna bring my ratings Ooh. for that movie up to a nine <gasps> whoa i'm gonna bring my rating for part two up to a nine. Oh, that um, is so four, exciting yeah yeah it's big news big it's um, big news around <laughs> here before i uh go ahead and rate part three i will say that part three has now made part two that much better i, I am able to go back and see the jason of part two as someone who's crying i totally and agree i love that and i see and i see this jason in part three no more tears oh heck no he is so done with that and he is uh he's just out for for some revenge, some good old revenge. Um, but I I like it too because it brings back Ginny and at the bar, you know, when she's when she's actually trying to understand Jason and saying, you know, what about this little boy? And and you know, how how would he feel and how would his mom feel? And so I feel like this movie kind of really pushes that to the extreme. It does, because now I am right there with Ginny, whereas when she was first presenting these ideas, I think they might've been a little bit out there because we didn't know enough about Jason yet. Right. And now all of a sudden I listen to everything that she said and she's completely spot on. Oh, she so is. And so, so actually really right. good choice for this Jason um, with the movements and, you know, the build and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's do, so your rating is, for part two is in now a nine. Yes, it is. Which is awesome. That's my rating for it too. Um, and for part three now, that I'm really, <laughs> I'm really excited because it was, it was before when we watched this, it was not that high. So no, no. Uh, last time, I did not have uh, as much fun as I had this time. I noticed new things. It's taken on another dimension. Uh, all things considered, I, I do have to say I would have preferred more woodsy sequences. Right. I would have preferred it to be more outdoorsy in general. And I probably would have preferred a more diverse group of characters. Yes. Uh, I had a, a lot of trouble telling anyone apart. So that said, it has the best version of Jason so far. Um, Shelly was great. It introduced the iconic goalie mask, which became the face of horror movies in the 1980s. Yes. This is a very tough one to rate, but I'm going to give it an eight. An eight? An eight. Yep. I'm gonna give it okay. An eight. Okay. Hold on, because <laughs> you just gave FTT three, 
FTTT. <laughs> FTTT. You just gave FTTT an eight. Yeah, I'm gonna give it an eight. The uh, I love it. I like the the handstand kill sequence. Yep. I thought that was incredible. I thought the harpooning was incredible. Uh, my favorite part about the movie is the way that Jason is portrayed. Yep. So, while I have several issues with every other part of the movie, <laughs> Jason's portrayal yep. is, is so good that it actually counterbalances most of that other stuff, especially in retrospect, especially yes. for the historical value of the mask. Totally. So that's where my eight comes from. If he didn't have the mask, or he would have been the same Jason as Friday the 13th Part 2, then I would have given this a four. Oh, ouch. So that's how much Richard Brooker and his portrayal of Jason matters. Nice. So just big, big thumbs up on that part of the film. Like we mentioned before, Chris's backstory should have probably been fleshed out a little bit earlier. I agree. And the casting department needs to really get the memo that uh, <laughs> yes. you, you, you just can't have everyone look exactly the same. So should we reach out, get, give them a memo? I think we should send a group email. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I totally agree. So I think we, it's very, I'm so conflicted. Me too. Um, because I love Jason's portrayal in this. It is my absolute favorite movements. So definitely kudos. I love the harpoon. <laughs> because just the way that he walks out, it's so cool. That's great stuff. Because to me, that really solidifies. That brings me back to Ginny in the bar. And like, oh, this is a huge, yeah, a huge growth. Yeah. From part two. So that, it has that going for it. The 3D, so here's what I think happened. I love the 3D. I wish that we could see it in 3D, like, as we rent it. Um, my rating would go up if I saw Oh, my rating would go up. But the, but the problem is, I think maybe that they were focusing so much on the technology of the 3D that that's mm -hmm. why a few of the, the plot things kind of went awry. Oh yeah, a absolutely. They were they were placing style over substance here in a big way, having having gotten giddy about the fact that it was using a 3D gimmick. Yeah, um, don't really relate to the hippies. Um, the couple, yeah, not not my scene. <laughs> no. Uh, Chris again, so conflicted. I really liked her at the end. I really felt more for her this time than any other watching or viewing of it. But I just so wish we had stayed with her at the beginning instead oh, of like going to the bar or to the bikers. Cause then I was kind of all team Vera. <laughs> yeah. And even I got on team Vera too. When yeah. You and I think, you know, she and Shelly had kind of just this cool little back and forth. So Shelly, Shelly is a huge plus for me. Controversial. <laughs> I know this was very hard for me to rate. I have to tell you, it's so hard. I'm I'm going back and forth, but I think I would also give it an eight because of those elements that I love about it. Yeah, because I 
I so love FTT4 as well. Yes, you do. Yes, you and do. that's that has like my full just that gets all the points. Um, I love it so much, and I think they bring it back. Uh, you know, Trish is a great final girl, but for part three, why I'm even giving it an eight would be the same reason. It's it's very it's the cool Jason vibe and Chris with her mm -hmm. past trauma, like confronting Jason and knowing who he is and like surviving. So it that is super strong for me. But same thing. If Jason didn't have the mask and if he hadn't been portrayed by that actor with those movements, I would probably give it a five. Oh, for sure. Because I still do love the bikers, except for Loco. I do like the bikers as well. Sans Loco. I, I think we're kind of in the same boat in the sense that we are we are really trying to to reevaluate our perspectives here and trying to see if there's anything we missed. Yes. Because we both have drawn the conclusion that there is a drop in quality. Yes. That can be felt. Absolutely. You know, as as a whole, as a Friday the 13th film, they forgot a couple of things that made them who they are. Yes, they did. The the group, first of all, just, um, you know, make them counselors. <laughs> they need to be camp counselors. Um, and really if not good. camp counselors, uh, at least like in part four, have them around Crystal Lake. I mean, come on, just just have them be somewhere close to where it makes sense. Well, and um, make them fun. Make them fun. That's make what I'm saying. Fun. The like, sheer difference in what energy happens? between three and four. Yeah. It is, it is just remarkable how much more charismatic every single person in front of the 13th floor is. And so that's my problem with three. Because, because it was so strong in part two, they were a group. They in were part, a group. Yeah, in part three, it's different couples kind of going off in different directions. That's right. not very fun. It's it's really not fun at all. Um, between some of the characters being incredibly annoying <laughs> and them not having a cohesive unit or feeling like a group and some of them looking exactly the same, there's yes. a big strike against the, uh, the character selection. So for the cast, I mean, I'd give the cast like a two. Oh, ouch. You know, the cast is almost as bad as it gets. So With true. a few tweaks, it, it could be, it could make radical improvements. I um, know. I, I probably would not have included the hippies at all. No, I wouldn't either. They're, they have no they're purpose. They're out of place. And I would, have, I would have kept Chris, but I would have had her two female friends be completely different types of people. Right. You know, so instead of them looking like triplets, Oh, I know. Tell me about and, it. And talking like triplets and acting like triplets, they would actually have some distinguishing features, both physically and mentally. And in terms of their personality, we'd, we'd, we'd get a little bit more from the movie, whereas what we're left with here is the epitome of what, what we call Jason fodder. They're pretty much here to be killed by Jason. Yeah, exactly. That's their only purpose, and they give us they give us nothing else. So that is a very strong device to use when you want people to either root for the killer or think that the killer is cool. Right. That works very well 
what you want to do is make every other character in the movie as annoying as possible. But in doing that, you also lose something because, let's face it, the kill scenes account for maybe 2% of the movie at most. Right. So what do you do in the other 82 minutes? And, <laughs> you know, that you have to have a strong cast for that. So oh, I know. We did our best. Uh, I think that we were very optimistic in in finding so many good things to say about it. And I think that the presence of a very, very strong Jason uh, essentially saved this movie. I agree. There were a number of notable scenes that were pretty powerful, but as you said before, 90% of them were bogged down by the pretense of 3D stuff going on. Yes. They seem to have spent a lot, lot more time than they should have focusing on how to throw a stick at the camera. I know. Instead of things like hiring the right cast and, yeah, that's... and filming the movie like an actual Friday the 13th. That's kind of what I was thinking. There, there were a little bit, yeah, too many scenes indoors. They could have expanded outside, but again, that would probably be hard to do with um, 3D hijinks. So, yeah. so I do get that, but I think with just, yeah, maybe two things with different final girl yeah, or, or ramping up her whole backstory at the beginning and then different, different people instead of the hippies, having them be a cohesive group instead of, of just going all over the place in different, you know, first they're, they're the barn and then the house and then the store. It's a little too all over the place. However, yeah, for, for sure, but the, those key things about Jason just really, I mean, basically what we're doing is raiding Jason. We're raiding Jason here <laughs> because dead. nothing else holds up. I nothing know. else holds up. And, and that's because we are so fresh off of one and two. Oh, so good. Complete masterpieces. Yeah. I mean, they're masterpieces. You know, Friday the 13th has like 30 minutes worth of nature shots that it uses and it pans the camera around and shows you these huge lakes and 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 hikes through the woods and stuff like that and two yeah. does the same thing and i i really I, I really came to expect that because that was the biggest thing for me yeah that distinguished friday the 13th from halloween yes exactly it's not in the neighborhood it's not inside of structures the action takes place in the woods yes so, by by removing Jason from the woods to this extent or de-emphasizing it, whatever they did, it didn't work. And right. we need to get back to the woods pronto. Uh, pronto? In fact, but... last thing there is a rotten egg. Okay? Perfect. <laughs> um, be there? Uh, I'll be there in four because part four is in the woods. Heck yeah. But... I do. I just, it basically is all about Jason because of the clothing choice, the, the movement style, the mask. Yeah. The thinking about what Ginny was saying and have having Pamela emerge from the water. So those are the elements basically that I'm rating <laughs> because I, I love those. Um, and I mean, overall, obviously like it's fun. Like we, love the movies but as far as really getting into the details 
Yes, and uh, when you mention overall, uh, it makes me think of overalls. Oh, part two. Which I have to say, the next time I watch part two, okay. I'm going to have a smile on my face the entire time. Because they're Alice's. Because something, something that I thought was a flaw, I've now realized was the perfect decision. Because he's a big baby. He's a big baby. And, and now that I understand that and I don't, I no longer want him to be the Jason from Friday the 13th 3. Right? So that's that's that big. So that's big. That just turned part two into uh, just legendary status. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand behind the eight for part three. And I will add that that is being rather generous. Uh, same. It's it's <laughs> definitely it's the rating of Jason and Jason's whole vibe. <laughs> oh, but, totally. but part four brings it back. I will say. Part four gives us the polar opposite in terms of characters. Every single character is memorable. You know, it, it has a lot of wonderful humor, which I think is another thing that this movie was devoid of. I think that most of the humor fell flat. Yeah, I think, because, you know what I think? Because they were against Shelly. If they had been in on his pranks, like, people were in on Teddy's pranks in part two. They, Teddy oh, was they part sure of the were. gang. Yeah. It was fun. So I think if Shelly had been, you know, more of that kind of jokester, it yeah, we would have had that. But that's what I'm talking about. I miss the group dynamic the group jokes, the camp. Yeah, because this this group, while, while rather diverse uh, in terms of sociological archetypes, is devoid of character and identity. Yeah. You, you What you're left with is a mishmash of things that make you go, hmm. Mishmash! And uh, <laughs> when I see, like, three interchangeable preppies, right, and then two hippies in the back, Shelly, the quarterback, three bikers, Dolores. You know, it's like there's too much going on here. Yeah, it's it's too much. I think what we're saying is basically... Did you hear that thud, by the way? There's a storm brewing. <laughs> <gasps> really? Yeah, the, uh, the screen door is just vibing all over the place. It keeps slamming into what? the front door. It's kind of uh, atmospheric. It seems so perfect for this. Oh, that's perfect. I have the by window open. I like I like it open during the rain. Oh yeah, the rain is so wonderfully calming. So that's great. How how fun is it that we're covering this on on sort of a, a rainy, windy night here? It's kind of mysterious. It's really fun. With our three D glasses on. Yeah, with our three D glasses and our snacks. By the way, once again, I had some some roasted uh, garlic carbonaro almonds. And I have a White Claw again. <laughs> wow, is it watermelon? No, it's actually raspberry. Oh, okay. I do love the watermelon. I don't I don't think the watermelon's bad at all, to be honest. I love it. Yeah. I know what they were doing there when they came out with the watermelon flavor. Clearly. <laughs> like, <laughs> yep, trying it, to, it did work. It worked. I was like, okay. <laughs> yep. That worked on me, too, for the same reason. <laughs> <Yeah. So>. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So I'm going to say with Jason, so FTT3 Jason gives it an 8. However, without, I'm going to give it a 5. All right, so you're 8 with, 5 without. Yes. And I'm 8 with, 4 without. Nice. <laughs> and we just sounded rather Shakespearean. I love it. So eight with, four without. 
Perfect. And and again, you know, the reason that we're being so harsh here mm -hmm. is because we have expectations for Friday the 13th. And when you take yeah. those things away that actually made it fun, it's like, what are you doing? Well, and we're fresh off FTT2. I mean, it's so hard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was no way that this group of characters was going to live up to that. But that's also why completing this chunk of FTT, why we're going to stay in the early 80s for that vibe. Yeah, um, which is actually another thing that I was kind of noticing through this whole movie. So Friday the 13th 4 is two years after this. Right. So it's the, it's the only time that there's a two-year break. Usually there's a Friday the 13th every year. Right. This movie is the very last you're going to see of the 70s vibe. Right. That's exactly. Oh, yeah. FTT4 is, is 80s all the way. All of a sudden, we go from the 70s to the 80s in Friday the 13th 4. And, and it's the language is different. The the energy is different. It is completely, radically different from what we have here. And it's very Billy. It and is you know, incredibly Billy. I mean, should we explain Billy? You know, um, I think we might end up doing an entire episode about Billy. Okay, let's do that. But uh, for now, you know, we when we say Billy, that's the highest praise we can give something from the 80s. We're saying that it is radical, it's badical, awesome, it's totally cool, dude. Exactly. It's just so uh, Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah. It's just that vibe, that fun vibe. That was FTT3. That was FTT3, and I'm really proud of us for finding so many good things to say about it. Knowing that we both are <laughs> yeah. slightly apprehensive toward it. Yes because of its overall lack of pizzazz. I know, it's the pizzazz that I really miss. And, and they got us used to pizzazz and then they, they just did. they just got rid of it. You can't just de-pizzazz. I mean, no, you can't de-pizzazz. You need to repizzazz. Oh, you need to repizzazz. Yeah. <laughs> Friday the 13th 4 get ready to get repizzazzed. This sounds, actually when you say it fast, <laughs> it really sounds bad. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But love it. suffice to say, so you know, we—they got us used to God. That's so great. They got us used to uh, to this like cool factor, right? Where the movie just kind of pops, mm -hmm. and it has a self-conscious sense of coolness, exactly. and then all of a sudden. In, in part three, it stopped representing itself as cool and started representing itself as 3D. Well, and there's a bit of, you know, what would happen in uh, part six. You know, there was that whole Fangoria, Tom Savini shout out within the movie as she's reading it, which is awesome because Savini is a master, but it is yes. getting into that meta world. Oh, yeah, they're already sitting here making references to themselves as movies. Yeah, so conflicted. But that was super fun. I'm, I'm really glad that, yeah, we watched it with, like, with the 3D glasses. I think the glasses, we were viewing it 
through 3D glasses and they were rose colored. <laughs> I think so too, but I'm not feeling blue. I love it. Because I, I actually had a lot of fun. Yeah, me too. And, and I had more fun with this than I thought I was going to have. So, did so I. you know, that's, you, you can't ask for better than that. Uh, this, this might be our 40th time seeing this movie. Yeah. I mean, legit over the, over the past couple decades. Oh, for sure. Uh, I think that we've noticed so many things and I love how we keep noticing them too. Um, the replay it. value is insane here. I, oh, the replay value. Top notch. But, <laughs> um, all right. So next up, the very next podcast is going to be, it's going to be a holiday, a fun holiday surprise with uh, Black Christmas. Hey, so, holiday surprise. Yeah. So we're going to throw in some holiday fun, um, some funsies <laughs> mixed in with our, um, you know, classic slashers. Yeah, so we're keeping our regularly scheduled program. We're going to stay in 1981. Mm -hmm. We're going to show off the absolute best of, of what slashers have to offer. And more importantly, we're going to sort of uh, follow the progression of the genre and see how, why, and when it became so popular. Exactly. Um, we're going to see why slashers were a thing. First, some holiday cheer. <laughs> we have to we have to because the the slasher built itself on the exploitation of important days you know yes. halloween is a very important day friday the 13th it's not a normal occurrence right um we're going to get into things like graduation day so we're going to start talking about life events happy birthday to me i mean that's a special day april fools april fools day is one of my favorites oh yeah that's gonna be really really fun it's, that's gonna be really fun oh my goodness it is just so much fun but first we're gonna throw in black christmas we're gonna throw in new year's evil so stay tuned um for those around the next few weeks, but we'll also just keep on um, going through our, yeah, regular slashers. So, I'm Old Ange. I'm Hey Sue. Keep your suit on.